Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast. Here on the Borough Reviews Network, my name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hey, guys. And we are at the start of a new year. Uh, I know we took last week off, but we are back again, and we are ready to get the ball rolling on all that 2021 has to offer, because we all know it's got to be a better year than 2020, am I right? Are you sure? Yeah. Well, yeah. I um, There's <laughs> a couple sure of things that are that? happening. Yeah, there's a couple of things that are happening politically um, that I just, I'm not even going to comment on, but it's already been an interesting uh, start to the year. Um, but I'm hoping that after the uh, 20th, um, in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll go back to somewhat normalcy. Who knows? Anyway. Are you sure about that? I, I hope. I truly do hope. Um, I also hope that we get all of the movies that we're about, and TV shows for that matter, but all of the content that we're about to talk about on this episode, I hope that we're actually able to watch it in 2021 and it doesn't get delayed to 2022. I don't think it will. I don't think a lot of it will, but some of that stuff in that April time slot really scares me. It really does. I don't know how you feel about that, but... If anything's scheduled, as far as movies go specifically, if anything's scheduled to release right now in April, I'm worried that we're not actually going to see that until later on in the year. Why do you say that? I just have a sneaking suspicion that this thing that we call Corona isn't going to go away until, you know, the vaccine's widely distributed. And at this rate, uh, we're not even going to get it for probably 10 years, so... I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like at the same time, like it is uh, distribution is not going nearly as quick as I think everyone had hoped it to. Uh, obviously, it's a large operation, right? right? But I'm hoping by the time that May rolls around, you know, in a, in a few months that maybe maybe at that point for everyone's summer, we'll be back to normal and then we can go do the things that we all love, like sitting in the movie theater again. Oh, Yes. Who knows, though? Who knows? Um, how was your new year? Uh, I had tonsillitis over the holidays. Oh, my so God. So I spent the holidays in bed. Hmm. Which, you know, it was, it was fine. I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, every it's- week, every week, I'm going to get a shirt that literally has the quote, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, oh my gosh yeah, that I seems know. to be the last like month for you it's fine i'm fine everything's <laughs> fine that's that's the kind of spooky linda merch that i'm trying to work on right now i'm just gonna get a shirt that says in quotes it's fine i'm fine it's fine dash spooky linda <laughs> you gotta put that on the back <laughs> oh my god i'm, I'm gonna I'm we need quotes uh, we need we need something about spicy for me, and then we need that for you. Um, <laughs> Here's something spicy for you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we're working on get upgrading some of the merch too. Uh, we we haven't even really started anything yet, but we are working on adding some more items in there. So um, I will let everyone know when we do get items added into our merch store. That way, you can go support us directly through the site at theboroughreviews.com forward slash merch. Shameless plug, shameless plug. You know what I'm also going to plug? Um, I'm also going to plug, I don't know if you heard about this, Linda, but we are doing a patron drive right now. And our patron drive that we are are currently running 
um, is quite the deal, I must say. So if you sign up for um, one of the first two tiers that we have, that would be the $1 tier Candyman and then the $2 tier It Follows, you get one entry into a giveaway that we're going to be doing where you'll get some exclusive merch and then also um, in that same gift box, if you would call it that, uh, you're also going to get a couple of handpicked items from myself um, that'll be exclusive to you. So it'll be a completely unique box that you'll get for that. Um, and you get one entry for doing the first two tiers for signing up for either one of those um, now through uh, Valentine's Day. And then if you sign up for the hereditary tier, which is $5, you get two entries uh, into the giveaway. And um, lastly, trick or treat, the $10 tier that we have, if you sign up for that one, you get three entries. So it's almost a shoe in for that gift box. Um, there Obviously, there's still a chance that, that uh, it could go to someone else, but um, might as well try, right? So like I said, we're running that from now until uh, Valentine's Day. So I encourage you if you like our content here and you want to just throw us a little bit of extra support for a couple of months. Um, you can cancel at any time. You're not pigeonholed into, you know, subscribing for a whole year or anything like that. And you get pretty cool exclusive perks. So I recommend checking that out at patreon.com slash the borough reviews for that giveaway. Uh, I'll be making a post on Patreon um, specifically about the giveaway and the requirements and everything. So head over there to check that out. But um, I figured I'd let you know about that off the top while we were talking about merch because I'm excited to create some exclusive merch for that giveaway. Um, pretty cool deal. Pretty cool deal. Yeah. We don't usually do things like this. Like, I don't know that there's ever been a time that we've done any giveaway other than the time that I gave away, uh, I think, two free tickets uh, to the Alamo Draft House um, in Omaha in 2017, I think for people to see The Last Jedi. I think that was the last time I did a giveaway. And that really wasn't even a giveaway because I was just like, hey, like if you want to see Star Wars The Last Jedi, I have two tickets here. Uh, first come, first serve. I mean, it was, then it was kind of a giveaway. Kind of. Just a more everyday kind of giveaway where we yeah. just offer more. Offer a more direct stuff. giveaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's 2021 after all the progress that we have made last year with the website and all the content that we made, mostly the content you have made. I feel like this year would be the best year to really get our creative juices flowing for what we can possibly offer. So I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, I do too. But. As far as um, I was taking a bite, <laughs> I was taking a bite of my food, and I was I hoping you were going to I was just like, "Is he really waiting for me to finish?" I did finish, and then I just hear this little tiny munch, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, he's eating." Yeah, okay. I'm trying to. I we went to. I haven't. I did pick up or take out rather pick up take out whatever. Anyway, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did take out earlier from Salsaritas, which is down on like. Um, you know, Pine Lake over, uh, over next to like Home Goods and Marshalls, and I never had it before. And I got a vegan, um, a vegan slash vegetarian bowl, and Ooh. it is just you know some Mexican rice, some guac, uh, lettuce, tomatoes. It's really good, really good. Some salsa. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I just 
there was so much of it. I ate some of it earlier, but like literally they were like, oh yeah, this is only 600 calories. And the thing, I kid you not, it probably weighed like seven pounds, the entire bowl. Like it felt, it felt girthy. And <laughs> I just haven't gotten through it all yet. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was drinking cherry Pepsi when you said that. <laughs> Speaking with our penis theme. Did you just use the word girthy on our podcast? I did. I did. I couldn't find a better word in my head as I was um, speaking. I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> I think that would just be a good time to just let you guys know. You guys have no idea how often we actually eat while doing this podcast. Okay, I mean, this I, is the first time I have. You have oh, almost every time. You guys have no idea how often I eat on this pot. I get I get snacky when I talk. I just put my little mic on mute and let Jared rant. And when I feel like he's gonna start ranting, I just pull my food aside and I just click on the mute button and just kind of munch while he goes on his little thing. I rant often, so it's I think it's easier for you. Uh, it's a to good eat. system. Yeah. Yeah, you don't rant for nearly as long as I do, so it makes it really difficult when I try and take a bite. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'll try to rant more. I'll be like, Jared, I got this. No, it's okay. I just, um, like, tonight specifically, uh, because now I do, who knows? I think I've gotten into a good rhythm with it at this point, but um, Thursdays are quite packed. You know, I have work all day, um, and then, and then. And then I go to stream at 7 p.m. because I do my Thirsty Thursday streams. Today I didn't drink anything. I just had Fresca. But um, normally I would have like at least some wine or maybe some um, gin on the rocks or something. I don't know. But I I didn't drink today. I Usually I do my Thirsty Thursday stream and then either we record before or we record after. So I usually don't get like too long to like take bites and eat and stuff so i figured yeah today's good time it's like 9 30 we're recording like i was yeah. like yeah i really haven't eaten since like three so let me just take a quick bite and you talked for like two seconds and then stopped and i was like crunch 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 um, <laughs> i'm so sorry now now that you have informed me i will be slower and talk longer so you can finish eating no, no, no. See, I'm not I'm not even going to take a bite until we actually talk about um some movies. You're not I swear, you're not even going to notice when I take a bite. Just okay. watch. <laughs> um Bye. Yeah. Uh new game. See if you can pinpoint every time either me or Linda is eating. Uh and let us know. <laughs> and we'll tell you if we're right or not. We'll start time stamping it. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But it would be kind of funny if you were like, hey, I noticed you were eating at this point. And I'd it's be like, like yeah. Easter eggs. Just yeah, exactly. You know, if you can tell the exact time we start eating, you get like a free shirt. Yeah. Honestly, that would be so hard to upkeep, though. So maybe not a free shirt every time. But uh, I'll give you a shout out on social yeah, media, whatever social media you want. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, I think we've got some interesting news to talk about. Not a whole lot in terms of news this week, and that's okay. Um, Actually, there was quite a bit of news this week, but uh, it's kind of overshadowed by other world events that have taken place. Um, 
So not too much on the front of movies, but there are some interesting stories I wanted to talk about. And then we're also on today's episode going to be talking about our most anticipated movies and TV shows of 2021. And of course, as always, we're going to end the stream talking about what you can watch this weekend. So we'll be right back after a quick break. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Michael Seepley of Deadline writes, When the crises end, Will L.A. still be the movie capital? Maybe not. This week, the Federal Emergency Management Agency put L.A. County at the top of its new National Risk Index, which calculates danger from natural disasters like earthquakes, fire, and flood. It was only the latest in a string of threats that have movie people and everyone else wondering if California has seen its golden hour come and go. For the moment, Los Angeles is at the center of the pandemic. On the policy front, there's only more trouble. Facing financial collapse and a rising tide of homelessness, legislators have been floating proposals to boost a top tax rate of 13.3%, already the nation's highest, to something like 16.8%, or to impose an annual wealth tax that for 10 years would follow anyone unwise enough to have spent 60 days in the state. A nine-week film shoot could saddle a wealthy director, producer, or star from New York, London, or Seoul with a California assessment on his or her worldwide assets for a decade. This raises an inevitable question. Can the film industry, when it sputters back to life, be far behind? Graham Gutman of Screen Rant writes, 2019 movies counted for one-third of the 2020 box office. 2019 films accounted for one-third of the 2020 box office take in a year of historic lows. Reports indicate that, by all accounts, the 2020 box office has dipped exponentially. In fact, Avengers Endgame made more money during its entire run than the U.S. box office made this year. This was to be expected, though, as the pandemic forced most theaters to be shut down for months at a time, and studios spooked by their dimming prospects moved most of their tentpole films to 2021. Those few that did stick around did not fare well. Tenet, once thought to be the reviver of the box office, fell flat at the U.S. box office. Wonder Woman 1984, 
while netting the highest grossing pandemic weekend yet, still pales in comparison to the original 2017 film's box office take. While 2020's box office take was always going to fall short of 2019, no one could have ever anticipated this kind of dip. According to Forbes, three of 2020's top 10 movies are holdovers from 2019. Corey Chichizola of Cinema Blend writes, Halloween Kills director explains his aggressive approach to the sequel. The 2018 Halloween movie was a massive success when it hit theaters with David Gordon Green and company crafting a direct sequel to John Carpenter's 1978 original. That movie was largely focused on the effect Laurie Strode's trauma had on her family, and while Halloween Kills will feature a ton of returning characters, it is more of an ensemble project. Green recently opened up about how he went on crafting his second installment in the franchise, saying, quote, When we made the last one, we wanted to find a way for someone who's never seen the original to get up to speed with the story. But this one gets right to the action. It's very aggressive. It's more efficient. We wanted it to be an explosive middle before things get streamlined and personal again. End quote. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support the Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. Alright, so Linda... I know you don't want to talk about the coronavirus anymore and its impact on the industry, but uh, the next two stories that we're going to cover, (laughs) we're we're not going to cover them for too long, but I did want to just briefly touch on them and get your thoughts because it is quite interesting how the world is working currently, specifically in LA. Um, So a movie story that spans across all of Hollywood and basically all of California. So Deadline wrote an article about the changing landscape um, in LA and kind of the impact that COVID has had um, inadvertently on LA and on Hollywood. And so, you know, it's kind of up in the air right now whether or not LA will still be the movie capital of the United States. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it will be? Before we, before we get into any details... Oh what God! Is your feeling about this topic? I have a few feelings about this topic. <laughs> um, I, now, the article did try to what's the right word? Blame this accusation on a multitude of things. Yes. Uh. The fact that 
the Federal Emergency Management Agency put LA at the top of the national risk index. Like it's at risk of like earthquakes, fires, floods, you know, what have you. They try to associate the blame with that as well, aside from COVID. So, I mean, I, I feel like at the end of the day, it really is COVID. Cause I mean, since all this has been going on, filmmakers, you know, they want to keep, they want to continue with their projects. And with all this that's going on, they've really proven to themselves, like how to be more creative, Mm -hmm. like, you know, finding different sets, finding different locations. Cause you know, Hollywood was always it with the sets and everything. I mean, it is the movie capital of the world. And so over the last year, we've been having to find other ways of, doing that so i can see why this article is insinuating that hollywood is gonna not be it (laughs) for filmmakers anymore because i mean you know if they find a better way of doing stuff they're gonna keep doing it but at the same time i feel like if and that's a capital if Mm -hmm. things go back to a certain normal a certain I'm trying to be very careful with my words here a certain normal (laughs) you know people might go back to their old ways people might end up using LA again I feel like it's a little too soon to tell maybe but at the same time it it is a very big possibility I just don't like this because I like Hollywood yeah it's certainly it's glamorized right I mean it's glamorized within film itself like um you know there usually especially recently there have there's been a big push to not necessarily glamorize hollywood but kind of show it in a more realistic fashion with more realism infused into the stories that usually take place around hollywood in the films but for the longest time i mean it was glamorized like no other right well One of the things that the article points out is California's uh, legislators wanting to change like tax codes. So they already have a top tax rate of 13.3%, which is the highest anywhere in the nation. But legislators have been recently proposing a 16.8% top tax rate. Um, Or they've also been juggling the idea of imposing an annual wealth tax. They call it a millionaire tax. Um, that would basically follow anyone for 10 years um, that had spent at least 60 days within the state. So as the as the um, article points out, if something like that were to pass and the legislators were able to pass something like that, um, a film shoot that carried on for three months, you know, uh, which is pretty common for some of the big tentpole films that we watch, like any of the Avengers movies or, you know, these films are long and especially the the television production um this really impacts them uh, i would think more than it does with the movies because basically if you're spending you know an extended period of time in california or la for whatever reason shooting a movie and you're there too long and they do end up you know imposing that that wealth tax you're gonna end up paying california income taxes for 10 years even if you're not living in california and that that goes for anyone that goes for the directors that goes for the actors the writers that goes for the whole entire production. 
And so I know that Elon Musk specifically has spoken about this and, you know, they kind of made a nudge to some of the, the, the wealthiest, you know, billionaires, millionaires that we have in the country right now. Like basically they were joking about not, not the actual millionaires and billionaires themselves, but the article itself is kind of poking fun. Well, they're off to Texas, you know? Right. Um, And, and it was kind of, it, it was kind of satirical, but at the same time, it's not too far-fetched because I remember seeing Elon Musk talk about, you know, the new tax codes and what they were trying to do as far as, you know, business limitations, government mandates, and and he's been pretty outspoken against those things. So it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if people did start moving elsewhere. Um, you know, I know Nebraska specifically for the longest time has been trying to get more tax incentives at the state level to actually shoot films here in the state. And I'm not saying that the move would be good necessarily, especially not for people in California, but, but changing any sort of tax code like that, um, whether you're just raising the top tax rate or you're imposing a wealth tax like that, um, you know, it's not good for California, but it, it is good kind of for the rest of the states that now have an advantage to bring more business into their own state, um, which, I mean, so it's a give and take, right? It's black and white. Um, just kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's not black and white. Like- you all know that. It's nuanced. There's some <laughs> there's some hella grayness in this story. And I, you know, it's interesting. That's mainly why I put it on here because it isn't black and white. And um, there are just so many finer details to think about when thinking about something like this. And uh, yeah, it would be weird not to have, you know, Hollywood or, you know, LA be the center of the industry. I don't know. Like, that's why I don't like giving my opinion on this because I want to give a realistic opinion of it. Like, yeah, I mean, realistically, (laughs) In a few years, we could probably have multiple major places. Like, as of right now, I'm thinking, like, California and New York are probably, like, the two biggest places. Maybe Florida. I could be wrong on there for for filming movies, TV shows, things like that. But, like, and so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it just started spreading in other places, too, because there's... Mm-hmm. many beautiful places to film your projects and you know we're we're having to use them right now because they're at lower risk of covid because you know they had to find someplace else to to make films and tv shows for us but also there's there's little tiny me with stars in her eyes like not really <laughs> wanting Hollywood to be gone yet because you know like you said it is very glamorized and I've definitely fell victim to like looking at it that way Mm -hmm. but so I I don't like my opinion on it because I kind of don't want it to happen but at the same time it could be a very progressive thing as well especially Mm -hmm. you know with everything but also I I honestly feel like COVID is being put at partial blame for it, but I honestly think they're using it as an excuse to kind of, yeah, like in a way, like kind of cover up like all the other reasons why people are slowly moving out of there and using other places. So I found that a little funny. Like, yeah, it's totally COVID. COVID is really screwing us over, man. Let's go somewhere else. 
Like it's not taxed. It's not because of the fact that they're in the West coast. So they're prone to earthquakes. No, it's, it's totally COVID. <laughs> it's totally, no, it's totally the earthquakes. It's all the earthquakes. Uh, <laughs> Imagine trying to film something. And you get a freaking earthquake. That'd be so annoying. Well, imagine you're filming something in the, in the rust belt here. And then, you know, you just have an EF five come down on you. And <laughs> your whole film sets destroyed. So, you know, yeah, you, you know. take what you can get. Um, <laughs> it's not COVID but, that I'm worried about in Hollywood. It's all the fires. And all, all the, the fires, fires. All the tornadoes. Yeah, no, all the natural disasters. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is an interesting story. And uh, it's just something to ponder. I don't think anything will change too rapidly. But, um, you know, o- over time, we could see a trend start to emerge that, you know, more and more filmmakers and more and more companies kind of shift away um, from putting their home base in in California. Um, it's not unlikely, but, um, on that note, something that we can blame COVID on or COVID for rather, uh, would be the 2020 box office, which isn't doing too hot, obviously. Um, in fact, 2019 movies. So movies that came out in 2019 counted for one third of the 2020 total box office. Um, when you hear that statistic, how does it make you feel like, are you surprised by that? No, or does you're not. Okay. I am. (laughs) I was surprised. Um, because we still had a good amount of content come out between January and March. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's only three out of the whole year, like only three months out of the entire year though. Yeah. The article is implying that, Essentially, the movies like The Rise of Skywalker and movies like 1917, which came out late December into early January, um, have made up for one third of the box office. So, you know, Rise of Skywalker, obviously that coming at the end, you know, like, yeah, fine. Like people were still going to see that movie well into 2020. And so, of course, it it makes sense that that movie would, you know, be in the top five, I think, along with 1917 and a couple of other films, um, Shumanji, The Next Level, and uh, yeah, 1917. These are all films that came out at the tail end of the year and carried over into 2020. And it seemed to kind of uphold the year, even though nothing else was released, because uh, 33% yeah. of the box office revenue came from those films. It's kind of it's surprising to me actually because i guess i just it really just puts it into perspective how damaging this year has been for for filming um something that is um i don't know if you caught this in the article um but avengers endgame made more money during its entire run than the u.s box office made in the year of 2020 ouch yeah i mean don't don't get us wrong. Avengers Endgame made a, a lot of money, but it should not have made more money than the box office in a year. Like that that yeah, no, that's not good. That hurts <laughs> the, the industry, it hurts the theaters, it hurts yeah. the studios. It hurts literally everyone. And but it's unavoidable too, right? Like the theaters had to close down. Like right. public places had to be locked down and so you know we're not don't take this in the way of us trying to say that theaters should have been going full steam and just releasing movies and being open and not limiting 
capacity and not changing their cleaning procedures. No, because they totally should have been. And, you know, I guess it's just, it's just one more surprising statistic. That's really not all that surprising if you've been paying attention to anything that happened in 2020, but it's one more surprising statistic. I think that you might not have attributed that much of the reason, um, for, 2020's failure like 2020 obviously the majority of its failures come from failure failures excuse me come from the coronavirus but um that doesn't mean that 2019 movies could still kind of almost outshine i mean at least equally split (laughs) the rest of the whole year um by having 33 percent of them make more money than the entire the entire 2020 slate. I mean, it's just in, it's incredible. I don't know. I, it's unprecedented. That's for sure. I don't know if we'll ever get another year like this ever again. Oh God, I hope not. I mean, for movie theater's sake, I mean, I will tell you this. I was really shocked to hear that Jumanji, the next level did almost just as well as the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. How sad is that? Um, like that's- no hate towards Jumanji, but I did not expect that to do nearly as well as the rise of Skywalker. Well, honestly, the rise of Skywalker was a terrible fucking movie. So like, good. good <laughs> Jumanji made more than it. Wow. Like, much like, you know, like I just no. the rise of Skywalker is such a bad film. I refrained. I refrained from reviewing it. I just have so much disdain for that movie and what it did not okay so i'm not those people like the last jedi you know when the last jedi came out that were like "Ooh, this movie ruined star wars for me i'm not one of them or i'm also not attacking like any of the actors either like some people do but what i am saying is that that movie had some major flaws and uh it just yeah like no kidding like it came out the critical response was (sighs) way more divided than the last Jedi because the critical response for the last Jedi was actually quite good. And then it was the audience score that tanked. Well, here it was kind of flipped. Although the audience score didn't have as much of an impact on the box office as say the critical response did to the last Jedi. So that tells you everything you need to know about that situation. But anyway, yeah, I know this turned into a Rise of Skywalker review. I don't want to talk about it. It's very passionate. Are you sure? Because you seem like you kind of want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Positive. <sighs> okay. You know what I do want to talk about, though? What What do you want to talk about? This is going to be our first horror discussion of 2021. And we're oh, going to talk about yeah. Halloween Kills. Oh, I'm so excited for this Halloween Kills movie. You have no idea. I'm pretty sure you're more excited than I am. But even I am pretty pumped i uh i just i want my horror movies back i want my good old-fashioned slashers back i just oh i've been feeling so deprived lately hmm well you have shutter but nothing's really been releasing on shutter wait is wait so we're also going to talk about the reckoning at a later point in this in this podcast is that releasing on Shutter? I saw Shutter had a production credit for it, and uh, I guess I didn't pay enough attention to it. But it is. Let me take a look here. Okay, because I saw Shutter 
produced some of it. And then I was like, oh shit, is this a Shutter film? Because if it is, I'm 100% down. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right now, Halloween Kills. So David Gordon Green was talking with, I believe, uh, oh, who is he talking with? Um, he was talking with a site and he was doing, oh, it was um, Total Film. He was talking to Total Film um, about the upcoming sequel to 2018's Halloween. And he used the word aggressive to describe the production and the approach that he took to this film. So he said, quote, when we made the last one, we wanted to find a way for someone who's never seen the original to get up to speed with the story. But this one gets right to the action. It's very aggressive. It's more efficient. We wanted it to be an explosive middle before things get streamlined and personal again. End quote. Uh, yeah. So I think that this is probably going to be even more brutal than Halloween 2018. I don't know about you, but based on those quotes, it leads me to believe that. I I like the approach he's going with it. I I know a lot of movies, when they're working in threes like this, they usually try to give that, that sort of explosive feel to the end movie just to let it go off of the bang. But I like how he's chosen to do it with the, the second or the middle movie uh, just to really get the gears on and make you really, really like stoked and excited uh, before going into the third movie. I, I really like that approach. I, I think it'll be a great way to just, it'll kind of give you like a roller coaster feel when watching all three of the movies before yeah. giving you that really satisfying finish. So I, I really like his approach with this film and it, it gives you a very good sense of security knowing that he's kind of going into it that way with, uh, with this new trio of Halloween films. Yeah. I mean, I want it to be brutal. Um, the one mm-hmm. thing I worry about is pacing. Like if you're watching these back to back, I still want it to feel like you're going on an at least a somewhat steady ride. Um, obviously like, you know, if we're talking about the three three arc structure here with these three films, this one is technically supposed to be, you know, the explosive one out of all of them. And I really hope that it's just, it doesn't feel too quick. Um, if that makes sense, I, I, I still want some of that personal detail that was so prevalent and laced through 2018's Halloween. And it seems like, He's not focusing on that aspect as much this time around, which is okay, but I still want it to be there before he brings it back. And so yeah. I just hope that he can find a way to balance all of those different things without it feeling too rushed or forced. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying with that. I mean, it he does kind of need to be careful with the pacing, like he said, because with the first one, to, to me at least, it kind of felt like, he and he even said so himself in his article. He's you know trying to get first time viewers kind of up to speed with what happened in the like the very first Halloween movie without mm-hmm. going into too much detail about it. So it's kind of like a love letter to that one while still remaining an actual uh, loyal sequel. And so I. I'd be very happy if he did kind of pick up the pace a little bit more, but like you said, it really shouldn't be 
he does need to be careful with it, make sure it's not too much. That way he, he has something else to give us for the third movie. Yeah. Without that one being too slow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a delicate balance, but you know, every, all the marketing materials that we've seen from it are, are super good in my opinion. Like, um, wow. What, what great criticism dialogue. They are super good. Uh, it's very, very nice. <laughs> it's very nice. Um, <laughs> it's, no, it looks exciting. That Halloween kills teaser. I know that you didn't like it as much as I did, but I didn't say that you were just hyping it up so much. I thought it'd be so funny to just be like, it's it okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it it like if you watch that that the latest teaser trailer, it feels it very aggressive. Really good. Yeah. It feels the way he's talking, like the way he talks about it, is the way that that teaser feels. So I just hope it stays true to everything that we're hearing from it. Um, but you can look for this movie later on this year. In fact, um, this Halloween Kills movie is going to be coming on October. 15th of 2021 so we'll check it out then hopefully in the theater um because i wouldn't want to watch the halloween sequel any other way oh god i know and with all that news down we are going to take another quick break and then when we come back we're going to talk about some of our most anticipated movies and uh tv shows of 2021 and uh maybe we'll you know be excited about the same things as you but my guess would be that you're going to have something that you're completely completely more excited for and eccentric for than um what we're excited for so um always let us know you know reach out on social media let us know what your favorite films of 2020 were and then also what you're most excited about in 2021 we'll be right back i wanted to tell you a little bit about our website theburrreviews.com if you like indie movies, or blockbuster movies, and anything in between, really, on our site you'll find podcast, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Borough. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theborrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, and we are right back um, from the quick break that we just took. We are going to talk about some of the most anticipated movies that are going to come out in 2021, and then we're going to dip into some TV shows as well. Um, don't know about you, but there are some pretty comprehensive lists out there right now. And so kind of scouring the couple of articles that we have, um, did anything stand out to you as far as what would be coming out this year? Uh, a couple things. A couple uh, things? Just a couple <laughs> things. Let's see. You have Candyman. You have Cherry. You have Dune. You have The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. 
You have Venom, Let There Be Carnage. You have Tom and Jerry. You have Sing 2. And those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head from this list. Okay. Um, and so out of those um, that you just stated right there, uh, which one would you say takes the cake for the one that you're most excited for? Oh, please don't ask me that. I mean, you've got Venom with Tom Hardy, and I love Venom. And then you have The Conjuring with Patrick Wilson. We all know how I feel about that. And him. Yeah. It, it, I want them both. Well, you can only have one. If you had to pick one, oh, life or death situation, <laughs> you have to pick one. Okay, Which one are you I'm picking? If I'm in a life or death situation, I wouldn't be around Patrick Wilson, now would I? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> please, please. I, 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 you know how I feel about Venom. I freaking love Venom. And yeah. I love Tom Hardy's Venom. But I also freaking love Patrick Wilson. I mean, I ranted about him for how many years now mm. and i mean the conjuring everyone loves the conjuring and you know you've got it's all right you, oh, shut up <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're both just so good and i'm gonna watch them both whether or not it's a life or death situation I'm just going to tell death to wait for an hour and a half so I can watch one more before it takes me, okay? Before you're out. <laughs> before I'm out. Like, you better freaking wait one more movie before you take me. Wow. Otherwise, this movie better be where I'm going. Yeah. I feel that. Because I was so excited this year for, honestly, this is going to sound, I don't think that this is my most anticipated movie of 2021 but like it is one that i've like wanted to see for so long now and can the i hype guess can be- yeah, oh yeah go ahead can i guess it's yeah. either dune or no time to die damn it you know me too well yeah <laughs> which one was it uh no, it's no time to die i i think no. i think it's just because i've loved this uh era of daniel craig bond films more than i should they're just so much better than they have any right to be for like your stereotypical bond film and i just want to see how they round out daniel craig's like arc and it's just like the hype train couldn't be any more real i think the one thing that kind of had less of an impact um in terms of my excitement uh, was the Billie Eilish song that, uh, and I like Billie Eilish too, but the song was a little bit bland for me. And so once I heard that song, I was like, hmm, what are they doing with the movie? But, you know, the trailers and and the teasers and the featurettes have all been really solid. And I really like the director. So I'm hoping that he can have Daniel Craig's art go out with some style and a little bit of bang too, because, you know, it's Bond. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which Billie Eilish song are you talking about? Um, No Time to Die. Which? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, did you, did you, wait, you, wait, hold on. Have you heard this? Wait, that was Billie Eilish? Yeah. She, yeah, she's doing, she did the theme for. Because I watched the trailer, movie. but. Yeah, I guess that was Billie I Eilish. I really wasn't paying attention to people singing. 
oh, well, hmm. cool. Me? Good for you, Billy. Yeah, yeah, Billy, sure. Um, <laughs> it's, I just don't think that you're going to get any better than Adele's Skyfall. Like, I think that's the pinnacle of Daniel Craig's. Oh, yeah, that's peak 007. Yeah, I honestly. But um, but no, you, you hit it right on the head, too, with mentioning Dune, because I'm so pumped for that movie. Um, I think a hidden gem in here is uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife with Ooh. Paul Rudd, which is yeah. releasing on June 11th. Like this one, this has been sneaking up on me ever since I watched the first like teaser trailer for it. And it just intrigued me immediately. And I just want to see what they do with it because Jason Reitman, um, who is the uh, child of Ivan Reitman, who made the original Ghostbusters is directing this, this movie. And they're trying to relaunch the comedy franchise and um, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson are all returning. And um, yeah, Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon. Like, what could possibly go wrong with this movie? It just gives me such good vibes when I watch the trailer. Oh, yeah. Did you guys hear that Jared's going to be in the new Ghostbusters movie? Am I? Yeah. Oh, You're I didn't the- even know that. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, no, the casting in this movie is pretty much the number one reason why I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Must you, be me. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, the old cast is coming back, and I can find the right... Go- why are there so many Ghostbusters movies? Uh, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> franchise. I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to find the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yeah. Is this why it won't... Oh my god, it has to be so freaking specific. Yeah, no, he's playing the character Mr. Gruberson. He's the teacher. Mr. Gruberson. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you're in it. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, for those of you out there, if you've seen me in person, you can't possibly separate me from Paul Rudd. I can't. Oh, that's Paul Rudd. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. Apparently, that's Paul Rudd. My God. My Get out of here. Get out of here. I look nothing like Paul Rudd. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like Paul Rudd took a time machine to the 21st century and was like, holy crap, here's me as a young adult. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, I- no. <laughs> <laughs> The the casting in this is great. I I really like Ben Wolfhard and McKenna Grace, and they really do look like siblings in this movie. They do. Mm-hmm. And McKenna Grace looks like the most adorable little nerd I've ever seen. Yeah, and it it looks really it looks like it would be a really fun summer movie to watch if it does. The theaters could open back up. Yeah, um, Ben <laughs> Wolfhard though, like I don't know if it's just because he's in it, but it gives me such Stranger Things vibes. And like, and it probably is because he's in it, but it's in a good, it's in a good way. Like it, it just gives me the feeling of, uh, youth. Like I got the feeling of youth through the trailer, which is obviously what they're going for. But like that just like, it works so well in the Ghostbusters context, like to have that youthfulness and to have that comedy there. And I don't know, it just seems like it's trying to stay true to the original and at the same time do something new. Um, which I cannot say about the Forever Purge, which is supposed to be releasing on July 9th. Um, oh, how appropriate. 
Yeah. Uh, so for the those of you who don't know, the Forever Purge is going to be the last installment, quote air quotes, last installment of the Purge franchise. Um, I don't know. Like, are you excited for the Forever Purge? Because I'm really not. I don't watch the Purge, really especially with things like goes on in the country i yeah (laughs) (laughs) why watch the purge when you can just read the news am i right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i'm sorry is that not something i should say on here because it's too late no that's okay you said it i loved it (laughs) i yeah no i haven't watched the purge since the first purge came out Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I don't watch The Purge because it gets a little too realistic for me, especially as days go by. Mm-hmm. I say days now instead of years. It's it's great. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh my god! What? Mission Impossible also releases this year on, oh no- on November nineteenth. I forgot about that. Okay, look, I'm not standing Tom Cruise at all, but ever since I watched American Made in like 2017, um, this is a Doug Lyman film, I I just really like Tom Cruise, and I know that I shouldn't, but at the same time, did you hear the audio of him just berating one of the crew members on, on set because he wasn't wearing his mask? Sam, that's fine. He can do that. He just... Can't do the Scientology stuff. Yeah, it's a little too much. For a little me. much. A little too yeah, far. Yeah, that's that's more of a Hollywood, not Hollywood anymore thing. You know. Yeah. Just... Oh, we're also getting "Don't Breathe" two on August thirteenth. I forgot that that movie had got a sequel. Oh my god! I totally did not see that we're getting a new Space Jam. Yeah. See, this is why I put this on here for this podcast, because it's just us going, wow, wow. <laughs> wow <I> mean- guys. <laughs> uh, I went through the list, but I don't know how I missed Space yeah. Jam. I mean, yeah, that's HBO my Max. jam. Right? Dang. I have HBO Max. I can oh, watch nice. it. There's a lot of shit on HBO Max this year. Let me tell oh, you, like the Suicide Squad. It like we're getting so many so many movies on hbo max that i am so pumped for there are a couple that i hope the theaters are open by the time that it releases on hbo max so i can actually just go watch it um there are a few things that i'm I'm probably gonna skip in theaters and just watch at home and you know that's that's fine i mean there are certain movies that i really want to watch but i'd rather watch from home yeah but then there are some movies where you just know the perfect setting would just be to watch it in the theaters and get that Dune. full-blown cinema experience dune uh dune <laughs> dune just dune. oh timothy chalamet zendaya, zendaya. oh yeah. my god <laughs> i know one. <laughs> um one that i i really you know what hopefully everything's fixed by april i know it's a long shot but um because i think how i want to usher in 2021 for my movie going experience is uh watching mortal Kombat in the theaters right am i right <laughs> um no what? i'm kidding i mortal Kombat. yeah were you were you serious 
No, no, I'm not serious. Oh, Although I do love like the um, oh, is it 1996? Is that when the first the like, first one? Version? Yeah, it was like the ninth. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. The sequel, not so much, but that first movie. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, I just I lap it up. It's um, <laughs> it's so magnificent. I'm oh, sure you don't feel the same. That I'm not being sarcastic about. Um, I really like that movie. So we had one Mortal Kombat movie at home that my brother used to make me watch. I wasn't Annihilation, was it? Because that movie sucks. Oh, they killed Johnny Cage in the first act. Huge spoiler yep. alert! Someone died in like the first part of the movie. Yep, I recognize this on a DVD case. It was Annihilation. Damn it! That's such my a brother bad movie. used to make me watch it all the time. Hmm. Well, hopefully this one is going to be better than Annihilation, but it probably still won't be as good as the uh, 1996 or 4 or whatever year that came out in. Um, a Quiet Place Part 2 releases on April, April 23rd, so that's interesting. And then what yeah. else do we have? I'm not uh, too I'm sure right. about that Quiet Place 2 movie. Like, uh, I, yeah, I'm... I'm honestly super confused about what they plan on doing in that sequel. I don't know. I'm just in for the ride. Oh. <laughs> I need a little bit more detail <laughs> than just <laughs> there's going to be a second one now because I the way that movie ended like Yeah. Wh- yeah, we didn't need a sequel for sure. I agree. We didn't, but I mean, at least not to that story, not to Emily to Evelyn's story. Um, I think that that storyline with that family has concluded and they're doing that whole back and forth thing between past and present. And, um, I don't know, we'll see how it works for them. The teaser was really good. That extended like clip that they had, um, that was a flashback scene. I really liked that. Um, I thought it was tense and I thought that it worked really well in terms of releasing like a little featurette, but something that I'm even more excited about is spiral. Ooh, yeah. On May 21st. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Rock. Definitely. Sometimes I forget that they're that they're making it just because you you don't hear anything about it anymore. But I'm really glad that they're still like moving forward and actually releasing it. Yeah. So Shudder had that movie come out in what was it like October or November called spiral completely different from this, but I thought that for a second it was this movie and I was like, Oh my God, they just put it on shutter. Yeah. I remember when you were telling me about that, like Linda, I'm watching spiral on shutter and I was like, Holy shit. Spirals on shutter now. So I put it on there. I'm like, wait, Jared, what are you watching? Hmm. Yeah, no, I, it looks good. It does. Um, it looks good enough. I'm not sure if good it'll be enough. better than Child's Play 2019, but it looks good enough. That'll do. Oh that. my god! Okay, now they're making a TV show with like the OG crew members. We can kind of forget about that remake. I know it was wildly, yeah. wildly hated. Yeah, it was. That's okay. We're getting a TV show now. It'll be fine. Get mm. over Speaking it, guys. Of which- did you watch Blackberry yet with Aubrey Plaza? Uh, no, is it on something now? I think so. I think it just released on digital. Uh, let me look. I love that movie. I know you do. I'm still waiting for dinner in America. 
Of course you are. I I just I need to watch it again. I need to fully process what the hell is going on in that weird movie. Yeah, this one's even weirder. I need to watch it again just because, yeah, it looks like it's, you can rent it on Vudu right now for five ninety nine, but no, it's not I on any, like, yeah, I don't have Vudu either. I don't know. I've never had Vudu. Well, yes, I'm not watching it then. Oh, bummer. I'm going to make <laughs> that. We're going to review Black Bear again. I oh, will put it at on the show notes one week randomly without telling you and then you're going to look and then it'll, I'll have a link to where you can illegally stream it. Just kidding. Don't do that. But um, and we'll just review it randomly out of nowhere in August. Oh, Sometime in August we'll review Black Bear. No, I'm kidding. Fine. I'm kidding. Then we have, to, we have to review Sing 2 when it comes out in December. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I can do this too, man. I can do this too. <laughs> Um, I think the worst thing that I've seen on the slate this year was Hotel Transylvania 4. Just why? And why are you releasing it in August? For a nice before you go back to school movie. Whatever. I mean, it's the third sequel to a kid's movie. It's not like they're looking for any type of blockbuster release. Why isn't it just going straight to DVD? I don't understand. I don't understand. Or straight to streaming, I guess, would be the appropriate phrase now. But uh, yeah, a lot of movies in 2021. A lot of them. In fact, all of the ones that we didn't get in 2020 are now in 2021. So boy, do we have a year. A couple that are coming pretty fast uh, that I'm really excited for. Um, Nomadland, starring Frances McDormand um, on February 19th is releasing uh it also stars vanessa kirby uh, i don't know why i said kirby instead of kirby but vanessa kirby um and francis mcdormand and then also Min- uh, minari on february 12th is releasing um and that is from director lee isaac chung and it chronicles the life of a korean american family as they move to an arkansas uh, farm in search of the american dream um so it's kind of a classic take on the american dream but um, with infinitely more representation and much more live, lively story involved, I think, just based off the trailers that I've seen. And honestly, Steven Yun has been in the conversation for the Oscars also for, for 2020. Uh, that's a conversation, by the way, that I didn't include in the, in the news discussion just because I'm so fucking mad at the Academy. It's not even funny because they're trying to go ahead and do the Oscars with the live audience this year. And I'm like, Hey, what movies released last year? Um, none. So why don't you just make the movies that released in 2020 eligible for the Oscars in 2021? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, they're trying to push ahead and go through with the live show, with the live audience and celebrate. A very short show. Yeah. No kidding. It'll be like three movies and then we'll move on. And which one of these was the best guys. Which one of which one of these three <laughs> movies that released in 2020 is the best? Put your, put your votes. Oh, in Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, oh my god. Okay, real quick. Um, what are some? Just give me like two shows that you're most excited for in 2021 off the list that we're uh, looking at from Esquire and whatever other. Um, site that you found tv shows on 
um, what are two that you're enthusiastic, enthusiastically waiting for? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Clarice and WandaVision. Of course, Clarice. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Clarice. In fact, I had it already pulled up on my screen because I knew you wanted to talk about this. Aw, thanks. Yeah, no, I am actually pretty pretty stoked for Clarice. Honestly. I'm so worried. Why? I just, just it's just, I don't know. I just don't think that it, I just... I I worry about its quality, but yeah, go ahead. Huh? Huh? No. Is there more that you want to say? Before? No, before? I just don't yeah. listen. There have been so many <laughs> screw ups with this franchise that I've just, am worried. Yeah, but they're doing so well with Hannibal. Okay. And Hannibal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. honestly, I feel like Hannibal is much more marketable to a modern day audience than Clarice is. That's what worries me. I don't think it's going to get the viewership because people are going to be like, who the fuck is Clarice? Like if they haven't seen any trailer, they're going to be like Clarice. It sounds like that movie Alice that came out with Jodie Foster. Huh? Hint, hint, well, nudge, then nudge. clearly this reference? TV show isn't for them. Mm. Hmm. Well, I'm just worried that it won't get enough viewers and then it'll be canceled even if it is good because they probably should have named it something else. But I mean, maybe they'll make it like a limited series. I think that would be the perfect format, honestly, for for something like this, you know, just a limited eight, eight, you know, eight episode limited series. Like, I think you'd be able to pack the most story and the most punch into eight episodes. And then you're not overstaying your welcome or getting worried about you know, getting canceled randomly. Yeah, because if I understand correctly, this is going to go over how she is as a detective after everything that happened with the Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bill case and just Mm -hmm. pretty much how that has affected her from here on out as a detective. Yeah. And so I feel like anyone that likes any type of crime show, the murder documentaries that have been booming over the last couple of years i feel like this would be a good show for them to watch because you know if you've been watching murder documentaries you've been you've watched silence of the lambs at least once yeah totally um that like is a whole episode of like unsolved mysteries in itself like it's so interesting uh the original um so yeah that was a good pick um talk a little bit more um about the other one that you have wandavision yeah Ooh, because you took that one from me because WandaVision was my second, but that's okay. I can find. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be okay with it. I picked it first. This is what you get for making me pick stuff first. (laughs) Spicy. This is going to be a spicy time for us right now. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) WandaVision. Uh, Lane and I actually uh, had a theory that WandaVision is going to be all in Wanda's head mm-hmm. and will uh, kind of lead up to her becoming the villain in the new Doctor Strange movie. Ooh. So I am pretty much really want to watch it to see if our theory is correct. Because it kind of makes sense when you're watching the trailer how it kind of goes back and forth. So, you know, you can tell that she's struggling with reality. And I in in a lot of comics, it goes over how the Scarlet Witch is a villain because 
I'm just going to say it. She is the most powerful Avengers, which is why she's always been my favorite. But everyone's all like, oh, you like the Scarlet Witch? Gross. Now I can finally be like, boom, who called it? I called it. (laughs) You want that so badly. I live to be the person that calls things like this. Okay. I don't have much. So yeah, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. So I really want to watch it to prove everyone right. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't think you're too far off the mark, honestly. Like Thank Doctor you. Strange clearly is involved. That clearly is an alternate timeline in the multiverse or something's going on with that. Who knows? But it would make sense for Doctor Strange to um to be involved just because it seems like Doctor Strange is gonna be the thread that connects the old MCU um how we knew it previously um before Avengers Endgame to you know, the Eternals and this new kind of side of the MCU. So it seems like he's the common thread and that would make sense for Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness to kind of bring in. And especially after all the Spider-Man three news, like, like obviously Dr. Strange is more important in any of these shows than pretty much anyone else. So um, yeah, I don't think you're too far off actually, but there's your praise. Um, <laughs> That's gonna be my next shirt too. It's just gonna say "I called it" on the back. Oh my god! Um, so my favorite, um, <laughs> my favorite uh, show of I think it was 2019. Yeah, 2019 was Euphoria, and we are getting a new season of euphoria i believe at the end of this year if they get it all shot but up until then we are getting two special episodes one which already uh, aired on hbo max um and hbo now uh i think at the beginning of december i can't remember the exact date um but it was special episode number one out of two the next episode is going to release on january 24th um, and it's going to kind of bridge the gap between season one and season two, which they're currently writing and working on. Um, I think that they went to film for a couple of days and then, you know, everything happened and then production got shut down and I don't think they've resumed quite yet. Um, but we're still holding out hope that we get more euphoria this year, because let me tell you, having one episode in December and one episode in January isn't going to be enough for me. So I definitely am anxiously awaiting this episode. Um, episode one covered Rue's side of everything. If you've watched the show and episode two, the one that's debuting on the 24th is going to follow Jules. So it's going to give you her perspective on uh, the ending of season one and hopefully lead us into season two effort- effortlessly. Uh, if not, Oh, well, it's still a great show. Um, <laughs> even if they fuck it up, it's still a great show. And you should definitely watch like season okay, one. Guys. What? I I was just thinking about how you'd just be sitting there like, it's okay. You guys can just kind of do what you got to do. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah. No, that's how I feel about that show. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, another one that I'm excited for since you took WandaVision. Um, I'm not the biggest lord of the rings fan in fact i haven't even seen all of the movies and i don't really care about the hobbit i fell asleep actually when i was in high school i fell asleep <laughs> i fell asleep in the hobbit in the movie theater i've never fallen asleep before in a movie oh before and i just conked out for that movie i just i don't know what it was i was just like nope i'm done well i was at a midnight screening so it's not like i was like 
it's like 7 p.m. and the movie's so boring. I was tired. I think it was a Friday after a long week of work and school. And so I just crashed. But um, no, this show apparently is supposed to be on the level of Game of Thrones. And if we're talking on the level of Game of Thrones, you got me. Like, I want more. So not even that I know very much about Lord of the Rings. It's just more so like, yeah, I can I can get excited for that. This is probably going to be like the most unpopular opinion in the world, but I have never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. And I don't really think you can ever, you know, convince me to. I <laughs> Like, it's not one of those like, oh, it's so overhyped. I don't want to watch it because like everyone raves about it. It's not that like I want to be interested enough to watch it. I want to have the strength to sit through three hours of a Lord of the Rings movie. I can't bring myself to do it. I don't know if it's just because it really has not interested me enough. I don't know if it just looks, I don't want to use the word, but for lack of better word, I don't know if it looks boring to me yeah. or what. I just, I feel zero genuine interest to watch it. And I feel so bad because I really want to because everyone loves it. Everyone always like raves about it. And mm-hmm. it's kind of to the point where I do want to watch it, but I cannot muster up that energy of will to actually sit through even just one of them. And uh, I feel like people are going to hate me, but I, I'm trying here. <laughs> That'll be my goal for 2021 is to just find the will to watch one Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah, no, I get it. Cause I felt the same for the longest time, but I don't know. We'll see what comes out of the marketing material for Lord of the Rings, the TV show. <laughs> and we'll see if I'm interested and intrigued enough to actually go back and, you know, intensely watch the Lord of the Rings franchise. Um, Cause I hear it's great, but I just personally, I haven't, taken much interest in it so maybe 2021 will change that for me yeah but, i mean i'm surprised yeah. you didn't choose what's it called hip-hop uncovered oh my god no uh with that <laughs> with that down and out of the way um we are going to take another quick break and then we're going to be back to tell you a little bit about what you can stream this weekend right from your own home i'm sure you know by now but we have our own youtube channel There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal. And it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. Uh, yeah. Oh god, are you recording? Can you do that? <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what he's doing, guys, but I was asking him, what's that noise, Jared? And then he went on some rant about work that I, I didn't even hear half of it because Zencaster's being weird. So I was like, 
the noise that you're making, Jared. And he's like, what noise? So I was like, the, 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 you know, I think he was like messing around with his microphone, but it was like, you know, no, because like, oh, it sounds like one of those, like those, um, robots, those like automated systems that you call. And it's like, it's like, enter your phone number and you enter it and it goes like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? The pity pat. I call it the pity pat. It's the pity pat. Everyone knows the pity pat. Damn it, Lorencia, they're doing the pity pat again on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like a cranky old man. (laughs) (laughs) We all know that's going to be me in the future. No, I was talking about. You said, "Have you watched The Crown on Netflix?" And I said, yeah. "No, because I have more. I have more to do in my life than watch The Crown." And you said, oh. "What are you even?" And and then that's when I heard, "What are you even doing with your life?" Or whatever you said, "What are you even doing?" And I was like, "What? How Is dare you?" Like, excuse me, Linda. <laughs> no, I heard something like a microphone being moved around. So I was like, "What are you doing?" Because you know we were in the middle of the break, and I'm just trying to make friendly conversation over here and all of a sudden you're like Linda I work two jobs blah 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 and I'm like <laughs> what was that noise it's a pity pat anyway yelling at me guys right I didn't do anything a typical episode Jared yells Linda says oh okay he's yelling at me again um so what can you stream this weekend while you're at home hopefully just relaxing after all of the new year and holiday antics well you have tiger which is a two-part documentary from alex gibney the oscar-winning filmmaker behind going clear that promises a revealing look into the life family and career goal phenom tiger woods uh that is debuting on hbo max this weekend you also have sylvie's love which is a swoony mid-20th century period piece. Sylvie's love follows the romance of a woman striving to build a career and um, life for herself as an individual first and her jazz musician lover. Tessa Thompson stars in this Amazon Prime series. And then we also have One Night in Miami, which is directed by Regina King. That's exciting. Um, Regina King is directing a... um, a film called One Night in Miami, which is a fictional story based on a real historical event, the February 1964 evening when Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X, and a football player, Jim Brown, met up to celebrate an Ali win. Um, and that is also on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is really coming at coming at everyone with all of these unique shows um, and getting good, really good filmmakers, honestly, to uh, direct some of them. And... Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. Regina King, great. I I love Regina King. I don't know about you. Oh, Regina King is hilarious. I loved her in a Cinderella story. <laughs> Peak <laughs> comedy right there. Are you serious? Cinderella she was constantly story? threatening to kick Jennifer Coolidge's ass. How is that not hilarious? I guess okay. it's hilarious. But she's like, hold my earrings. And she's screaming and throwing the kids at her. But <laughs> a just... Cinderella story with Chad Michael oh. Murray, that's where you remember oh. Regina King oh. from? 
Okay, what's wrong with the Cinderella story, Jared? Huh? I'm just saying. I'm I just saying. Watched it. I'm just saying. Regina King has been in so much, and uh, it's just if you're like, oh yeah, Regina King from not not from Ray, not from Seven Seconds, not from If Beale Street Could Talk or Watchmen, but um, or Southland, but but Regina King from a Cinderella story. <laughs> I'm sure she's not ashamed of her projects. She'd probably be honored that I remembered that she was in a Cinderella story. Honestly, probably. She's such a sweet lady. I love her. It's not a bad movie. It's not. It's really not. It's really not. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, that's like the one Disney movie, romantic comedy, princess, whatever that I watch because it's just, it's hilarious. Yeah. But oh, since you have nothing else going on in your life right now, Jared, I just wanted to let you know that season four of The Crown's on Netflix now. <laughs> oh my god, guys, I think you left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just giving you dead air to see what you would do. I was about to talk to Like, okay, guys, now that Jared's gone, what do you guys really think of it? Oh my god. No, I'm just I'm just saying whenever you get a free chance, season four of the crowns on Netflix. I'm watching Devil Man's Crybaby right now. Which is a Netflix anime. Oh my god. That's what I'm watching on Netflix for all of you who are wondering. That and then I'm about to start um start search party on HBO Max because I hear it's phenomenal. So I I I just I think I want to check that out too. But um, uh, the crown just doesn't really interest me, to be honest. I know, I know, I know. Critical praise, whatever, whatever. The crown, it's magnificent. Who cares? Oh, I mean, kidding. right now I'm in the middle of binge watching Courage the Cowardly Dog since uh, Cartoon Network's on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, Courage. Oh my god. Sometimes oh, I, I put Courage on and fall asleep to Courage because oh, it so gives good. me such nostalgia. Yeah. I'm between that and the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Also, another another good one. That's like my childhood. Those two, They're and so like good. a bunch of other things. Dexter's Laboratory, like all of those. Just like so when good. you stay up super late and you're like on Cartoon Network and it starts getting to the really really old cartoons. Yeah. Oh, so good. Or when you see an episode of George Lopez randomly come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> bouncing on a trampoline or whatever the fuck it was. you wake up in a sweat and you turn to look at the tv and george lopez is on your <laughs> like, is, that, is that my george lopez <laughs> oh my god i loved him in shark boy and lava girl yeah i haven't watched the uh we could be heroes film yet well, no, Taylor Lautner's not even Shark Boy anymore. What's the point? I know. How fucking That's boring. That's so dumb. You got Taylor Dooley. You know she talks to Taylor Lautner still. Yeah. She could have helped you. You guys were just being lazy. Where even is Taylor Lautner? I don't know. He's really not doing anything. The last thing I know that he was in was The Ridiculous Six, that Netflix movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, mm. I'm sure. And then he had that action movie too, whatever it was called before it was, that. What was it? The one where he like finds out he was like stolen as like yeah, a man or something. That. Yeah, I think it was called like 
kidnapped or something. I don't know. But it had uh, Lily Collins in it, and it mm-hmm. just didn't make any sense how, like, out of the blue, he was like, oh, my God, someone took me. Someone took me from my home. Like, and oh. then all of a sudden, like, his house is getting shot down by intruders, so he has to be on the run. That movie was messy. It was just all over the place. I love how our episode just have turned into (laughs) many reviews of all these different random things. (laughs) You know what? It's it's fine. I just you never know what you're gonna get. (laughs) I'm just saying it was a weird movie, and honestly, if he's gonna be in a movie like that and the Ridiculous Six, I'm sure he could have fit some time into his obviously busy schedule for the We Could Be Heroes show. That's all I'm saying. You're you're probably right. Uh, we I didn't know. talk about the reckoning at all. I just realized that. Um, oh crap! Yeah. But Neil Neil Marshall is back with a period piece like horror movie called The Reckoning, which honestly looks kind of interesting. And if it is premiering on Shutter, I will be watching it. It is. So it is okay. I like great. Yep. Uh, when does that come out? Uh, damn it, Jared. I'll sorry, sorry, back sorry. Up. Uh, February 5th. February 5th. So mark that in your calendars. We will have a review for that movie on either, either that week, February 5th or the week following the 12th. So be on the lookout for that, I guess. But yeah, no, I thought the trailer looked interesting. Did you? It was very interesting. Um, it seems you know what? I'll keep it for when we review it because I could be wrong and I don't want to seem You don't want to roast yourself. I don't want to roast myself. But That's fair. It's it's interesting enough for me to look into it for you guys to watch it and review it. That's all I'll say for now for, for that. <laughs> Every trailer, you're like, I hate this. Not saying that you hated this one, but you're always like, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's just it's interesting. Yeah, it seems it like one of those like gothic thrillers. Yeah, kinda like how like Sleepy Hollow is, and you yeah. know things like that. So yeah. I I like a good gothic thriller. Yeah, I think that the style of it is more interesting than the premise for me. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll talk about that in February. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, did you have any final parting words? Uh, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> it is what it is, guys. It is what it is. It is. It is, it is what it, it is. is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I feel like we've done that bit too many times. Oh my um, God. Us. That was the first episode of the Into the Burrow podcast for 2021. Make sure to like and share this episode on all of the social media platforms and to subscribe to our podcast feed on whatever app um, or browser or website that you listen to this on so that you never miss an episode. And um, yeah, that concludes everything. We will see you. Yes. Oh, you guys, yeah. I used my little hand raisy thingy. You okay. did. Uh, be sure to point out the fact that Jared has blue hair now because <gasps> he really appreciates it. I do appreciate it. Yes, Listen, while I'm at work, right, I only <laughs> usually get 
like one customer usually every other time that I'm at work that like will say that it looks nice or something. No one really comments on it and it makes me really insecure. So if you could just, (laughs) if you could just say that you like it, even if you don't, that would really help me out because I really like it. So Jared has very nice bubblegum blue hair and and it's nice. And I saw Laurencia diet on their live stream when he was playing among us and like roasting yet not roasting, but let's face it kind of roasting film critics. Yeah, I was roasting film critics and YouTube critics and and I say critics in air quotes because they haven't really worked for it. But that's a whole other separate discussion that if you if you want to see my thoughts on where the industry stands and if film critics and criticism in general is relevant, then uh, check out that stream that she's talking about over on twitch.tv uh, slash the borough reviews. Um, and with all that down... We will see you in next week's episode. Bye, everyone.